Dark Traveler is a podcast created by incarcerated artists at the William Head Institution in Machosan and Snafu Society of Unexpected Spectacles in collaboration with CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Have you seen the Northern Lights? Good question. No, I have not. Aurora, luminous atmospheric phenomenon occurring most frequently above 60 degrees north or south latitude, but also in other parts of the world. It is named specifically, according to its location, Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. You can listen to Canada's first ever inmate-created podcast at cfuv.ca or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Anin. Odette Oje Nadishnikaz. Ninduji Sagamuk Nadishnibek through my mom. Hands Passing Forward is about Indigenous artists transferring skills for the artists of tomorrow. This series documents traditional skills shared in fine detail through thoughtful artist interviews and conversations and also soundscapes from artist studios. My goal was to share insight into the actual processes while archiving mentorship relationships between Indigenous artists. To me, respectful interviewing means deeply listening for the why they weave, how decisions are made, what's appropriate to share in a carving, especially what is happening energetically when you sit beside an elder and learn from their hands and their voices. Creating soundscapes was my way to better communicate, try to capture that moment of transfer. The knowledge and artistry being transferred is a treasure beyond measure. We often hear or say since time immemorial. This series is about for Time Immemorial too. This series was generously funded by the First Peoples Cultural Council Sharing Traditional Arts Across Generations Award. So Sam Blaney is a talented slum and weaver, and she's as modest as she is talented. This story highlights being receptive. Listen to Sosan weaving with Elder Elsie Paul, which Sosan transfers forward through gentle, supportive teaching leaving to others and sister communities, schools, and her own children. Seagulls or ravens? Ravens. Yeah, they're always on my roof early in the morning, banging around. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
They're picking on the moss on the roof, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was first before I got my roof cleaned. Yeah, Wayne offered to, oh, I can come clean your roof, he said. He was uh, hosing down his uh, roof yesterday when I went to Denise's. Mm. He's got a nice um, equipment there. But his house is lower than my house. Yeah. I don't know if he would be able to get up there. Because there's moss on the roof and yeah. there's something growing up there already. And then they come back and they peck on that, right? Cleaning it for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really loud. I know. It's glitchy. Back and forth. Ha ha <laughs> These could be coasters too, Nama. Mm hmm. Start your design on there. Yeah. <laughs> the designs always intimidate me. <laughs> the next one. Yeah. Will be more confident. You'll put a little design at the top. <laughs> it's a little checkerboard. <laughs> So where should I end it? Like at the bottom? Like what do you think? Like when I'm going around, there's the top. Mm -hmm. 
Where should this end? Maybe about there, about here. Yeah, but start thinning it down. Yeah, start taking. Yeah, I, I took two off. Maybe take another one off. Yeah, like this. Then these. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. yeah. I think there are times in my life when I felt more like an artist in times of my life where I felt less like an artist. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the amount of time that, that I've spent dedicated to creating so many at times in my life where I've spent more time creating and creating just for the sake of creating um, I think I think those times are probably when I felt more like an artist than when <clears throat> um, say I'm just you know filling orders, filling weaving orders, or filling beading orders, or um, that kind of thing. I feel like right now, because I don't spend so much time just creating for the sake of creating, that I feel less like an artist, more like a maker. A maker of things, or a creator of things. It comes down to what people perceive as art, art with a capital A. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, art is always influenced by the views of other people. Um, art is, art is created for the view of other people, for other people to look at it, for other people to enjoy, for the most part. Um, but then we have lots of art, um, art that's created just for us as Indigenous people. Hmm. What I create personally, um, I can almost break what I create into almost two different categories where there is the category where I am creating 
for other people and I'm creating things when I think, oh, this is something that a broader audience will like and this is something that, you know, I can market and sell, you know, as a working artist. And then there's other other things that I do consider art and that are almost inherently more valuable that I create just for my family, uh, just for my children. And if you think of um, all the artifacts of your daily life that make you who you are and all the, all the bits that I would consider art that are just part of our daily life. Um, that's less, that I feel is less influenced by the views of other people. Personally, in my creative efforts, almost everything that I do create comes from my culture as an Indigenous person. Um, even when I'm doodling, <laughs> it's heavily influenced by, like, Salish design and form line design. Um, so I think my culture as an Indigenous person really, really affects my creative efforts. But then if you look at culture, um... I mean, you could have so many different definitions of culture and what kind of culture you're talking about, like the culture of motherhood. And, you know, for a while I was very much into creating things for my kids that, you know, some would probably um, categorize more as craft than art. But there is artistry in every craft. And so at the different, at different periods in my life, my creative efforts have looked way different. So if I think before I had my, my children and I was at university and I was in an art program, my art looked way different. Um, my creative efforts looked way different than what they look like now. So I think we're all born with gifts and we're all born with the ability, creative abilities, and um, our creative abilities aren't all going to look the same. And I just, I remember when I was probably like 16 years old and I was driving somewhere with an elder and they were talking about Tao, which is like our teachings. And they were saying, um, each and every person in our community, you know, has their gifts and has their place. And not every person is, um, not every person is going to be gifted in every single way. And that's okay. And that's what, you know, that's, uh, part of what makes our community what it is and how how beautiful that is that everybody has their own gifts um so I think you know creativity um, <laughs> whatever's going on out there <laughs> I think everybody okay. has the ability to be creative but how that comes out and the ways in which people express their creativity um 
you know, it's a really personal and unique thing. And there are tons of abilities that can be learned that are artistic and that are creative. And as an artist and a creator and maker, it's both a combination of of the gifts that we're born with and the abilities that we've learned over time. And also what's really fostered in us as children. I was always really encouraged to be creative as a child. And, um, and I think it's a shame that, you know, children, it's kind of taught out of kids as they get older. Um, the idea of creating just to create and already like my daughter's in kindergarten and already amongst her and her classmates there's talk about who's the artist and who's not the artist and who can draw really well and who can't draw really well and and I think that's really really a shame that we don't that as a society we don't just allow children to create for the sake of creating so that they can discover those those abilities and that how how healing that can be to express yourself through art um when i'm engaged in a creative activity i usually do have a specific goal in mind um especially when i'm weaving i usually have an idea in my head of how the piece is going to turn out, um, the kind of things I want to try within the piece. And you know, with weaving, um, with the way you put together something that's woven, you kind of have to have that, that end goal in mind because the planning of the, of the whole piece, the, the design really starts right at the beginning with, you know, how many warps and wefts you're going to use. And, and if you don't plan the numbers correctly, then your pattern isn't going to, isn't going to work out the way you want it. So you really do have to plan that ahead of time. Um, so, you know, generally I do have a, have a specific goal in mind when I'm creating I think there's, you know, there's different audiences that I'm creating for. So I guess that's di different groups of people. Um, if I'm creating a piece that I know, you know, I'm, I'm going to sell, um, then that's almost a different thought process than, say, I'm creating something that I know is going to stay in my family. Um, and I have no doubt that, like, if I'm creating a piece of artwork and I'm putting it in front of people, that everybody's going to have their own interpretation. And I think that's... Um, that can be a really beautiful thing if you're putting putting yourself out there and and pe having people look at your art and look at your creativity um, and there'll there'll always be be different layers within within an art piece um, 
that different people will see differently or different people will interpret differently. Especially when you're talking about something like indigenous art where a lot of the art is comes from legends and stories and 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 even if even if you've heard the legend but you're not from that community that the legend comes from, it's gonna have a different different meanings and different layers to it that you might not understand or that if you are from that community you're gonna understand in a much more holistic way. So I think that no matter what you're creating, you know, people are going to to look at it and see it from a different perspective because they're not you, they don't have your lived experience. And I wouldn't say that that's so much of a concern as a as something that you have to keep in mind as a as an artist or creator when you're putting putting yourself out there or putting your pieces out there. I think that as a creative individual, yeah, there are are ways that um that you see the world differently than somebody who maybe, you know, creativity isn't their strength. Um Yeah, because, you know, I can look at a at a fiber or I can look at at a piece of cloth or I can I can, you know, look at a thread and think, oh, like this is how I would create with it and, you know, be inspired by it and be motivated by by what I'm seeing as a creative person, whereas somebody else who maybe they're that's not their strength. Their strength is, you know, I don't know, fishing, <laughs> they're going to see, you know, this, those same things, those same pieces as something else, and they're going to see maybe something less useful or something that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think to use those same bits and pieces the same way as somebody else who's, who's creative in a different way or whose strengths are something else. So I think we all have our unique abilities to, to see and interpret the world and, and uh, the things that we have around us. I've always found it really hard to to evaluate my own work um, and especially hard to put a price tag on it. Um, it's something that I've had to learn to do. Um, as a, I guess as a working artist or a working creator to to learn to value my own time. I've had many insulting offers on pieces of work that I've poured my heart and soul into and somebody looks at that and thinks, oh, I can make that or, oh, well, you know, you got the materials for free. It shouldn't be that expensive, um, which is insulting because, you know, I put I put lots of work and lots of soul and lots of effort and these are skills that, you know, creativity I feel like has always been in me, but I still have to work on on skills and, you know, always perfecting things and working on new things. Um, it's work and it's 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 not easy work and it's really hard to especially put a put a price tag on it as a as a working artist or a working creator. Um, 
And I think it's hard for people to to look at something like, you know, a, a basket or a hat or a shawl that has been been woven and see it as art where, you know, there's that kind of that where people see, you know, the difference between art and craft while well, art, you know, fine art you can put on display and and charge crazy amounts of money sometimes for for artwork um especially in the western art world where you're looking in like galleries and museums and there's these crazy price tags on on these pieces of art um and then look at a basket that you know the same amount of time and effort and skill has been put into that basket but it's not quite seen on that same that same level at points in my life I feel like I've had to to justify that justify getting paid to do something that's seen as like a traditional skill um you know In, in the past, I guess, our, our communities were more uh, reciprocal, so maybe my skill would be weaving, and I'm not that great of a fisherman, but, you know, I would be able to weave the baskets for the fishermen and in exchange create a living for myself. But yeah, monetary rewards are relevant to my work, and I think it's important to value our creators and our artists and, and to pay them what they're worth. Um, Oftentimes, you know, artists, working artists, are are getting paid less than minimum minimum wage, and and that's not that's not fair to them, you know. Um, support your artist friends if you have if you know if you know if a friend of yours is a creator and say they're they're beating earrings don't ask for a deal on those things because they need to support their families too and and their skills are are just as important and relevant as anyone else's i am super thankful and just just so thankful to to my mom for the way that she raised me um, she was always super supportive of my creativity from a young age. She, you know, she always put, put the tools, put the materials in front of me and just let me create. And I, I remember when I was really little, um, like quite young, probably like th two, three years old, I had this little table in a room in our house and on the table there was always you know paint and art supplies and scissors and glue and play-doh and it was a carpeted room too and as a mom that kind of like makes me cringe now like putting all those art supplies on a table on a carpet <laughs> in my house just you know um what she did and she just set up this little creative space for me from the time I was very very young and um just let me have that space to create and 
and always encouraged me to do so um, from a very young age. And then she, she, she um, started bringing me to weaving. So every Sunday in our community here in Llamen, uh the elders would get together every Sunday at the Elders Lodge and they would weave root baskets. And so um, I started my very first root basket there when I was um, seven years old. And I remember she went there because she wanted to learn to weave and, and I went with her because, you know, hanging with my mom. <laughs> and so the um the entire time the entire sunday she would be spent preparing all of my roots to weave and i got to sit there and weave and learn from all those elders most of whom have passed now and um and she would you know support me in just preparing my roots even though she wanted to weave herself she was patient with me and she prepped all my roots and kept me weaving and and so i wove my very first basket there when I was seven so I just feel incredibly lucky that that was my um my introduction to weaving was so young and that I got to learn from from these women who had been weaving all of their lives as well and who you know the knowledge that they had that they shared with me is it's uh, it's priceless and I'm so lucky that that was my my experience in the language. They would speak the language um, while they were weaving and they were always laughing and cracking jokes and it was just um, a beautiful and natural way way to learn learn how to weave and I really fell in love with weaving then. Sound of woman right there. Progress. KM. 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 The other one is more like when you're weaving the basket mm-hmm. and it's like pull the root and. Yeah, yeah, that KM. Yeah, yeah. but this is. Yeah, but this is still. Not KM, but it's still. Um, the sound of progress. <laughs> <laughs> How did this not all come off, eh? Is uh, the bark? I'm scraping the skin off. Mm-hmm. The bark off, I mean. Is what I'm doing. It's like when men um, sh- uh, shave their beard. Mm-hmm. It's called sahosam. Okay. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is like that sahosam. You make sure you sleep after this. We got a big pile there. Yep. There. All done.
gotta get the core right in the core. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it goes off to the side, so you have to guide it. Mm -hmm. I like your earrings, Chichuok. Hmm? I like your earrings. You like my earrings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chichuok always has the best earrings. <laughs> I think I got these ones at the store last before Christmas last year. You got a good earring collection. Mm, yeah, I got I'm missing my um beautiful couple of rings, the only diamond I have. I might misplace it. I don't know. Don't you so said my um <clears throat> engagement ring went missing from my jewelry box. Mm -hmm. It's probably on a, in some nine-year-old's jewelry box somewhere. <laughs> Not they used to like to propose. Propose to kids when he was in kindergarten? Take probably in, to school and propose to these little girls. Probably in Ruby's jewelry box. <laughs> He proposed how many times? I don't know. Yeah, just just thankful that my mom was able to to bring me and and give me those experiences as a as a child. I, I kind of got away from from root weaving and haven't really done it in a really long time but um, just last week I started my first root basket in probably about 10 years so yeah it's been really nice to get back to that. So I'm just at home right now. I just set up my stuff to make um, root baskets. I The first basket I ever wove was a root basket, but I haven't done a ton of root work in a long time. So this is kind of, it's not really new. But, well, I guess in a way it's new, so I'm making what's called a mukwaju, or a mukwaju, um, a belly button and it's like the start of a base of a round basket a round root basket and um, what we're doing is making a bunch of these little mukhwajus and turning them into necklaces to give away during travel journeys so I'd never woven one before, um, before Elsie taught me a couple weeks ago, and this is the first one I'm doing on my own. So, a little bit of an experiment. I can't really, um, I can't say that I can separate my spiritual self from 
from my my creativity or my creative self I feel that they are that spirituality and creativity are just they're very intertwined and um and when I'm I'm working and I'm making something I really try to be intentional as to what I'm putting in there and and know that that what I'm creating is 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 for somebody especially if I'm weaving like hats or or making you know beading something for somebody or you know putting together my children's regalia that there's always prayer involved in creating those things and intention involved in creating those things and that and so I was always told um from the time I I began weaving that you know if 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 you're not in the right mindset or your mind is somewhere else or if you're holding lots of of anger and negativity to you know put down your peace if you're feeling frustrated to to walk away until you can come back to that with um so you can put good intention into that so that the person who's going to be wearing or receiving whatever it is that you're creating can can benefit from those those positive intentions that you've put into your piece so and I think it's like I can't really separate that for myself I can't there's always going to be that spiritual connection to the pieces I'm making and even if you break it down to like when we're we're harvesting the materials um when I'm harvesting materials to to weave with you know there's always prayer and ceremony involved in 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 harvesting those materials So, you know what, Tobes? Yep. Yours is going to be an even smaller heart. I'm going to take out these pieces. Those are going to be smaller than ours. That's okay. Cute little heart. Okay. okay. So, now that you have all these sides folded up, now you need to fold up the, this these side. Sides, this so, side over. So, this piece mm -hmm. went under, over, under. So, this piece needs to go over, under, over. Okay. So, hold. let's see. Okay, Over. so now you need to do this side. So this piece needs to do the opposite of this piece. So this piece went under, under over, under, so over. So this goes under, over, over, under, under. Oh, I can see the pattern over, now. And then so under. it went under, over, under, over. So under, under, over. Yep. Under, over, under, over. Yep. Under. Yeah, until you Look at that. It's starting to look woven. Yeah. Okay, over. so now you do your next one. Look. Good job. Now, do I do under or over? So lift up your hand so, so you can see your pattern. Under, so, so it's the opposite under. of this one. So that one started by going under. over. Like this, look now. So this is under. Right, let's see. Let me double. Yeah. Uh, you? Nope. It started by going under this one, I so it goes over. Under. Good job, Tobes. So over. Yeah. So you're gonna hold tight there while we get these guys caught up to you, what? okay, Tobin? Okay, wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Do we okay, just go over the all of them? No, you go over that under. one, then under this one, okay, then favorite. over that one, oh, then one. under this one, mm. and then over that one. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Um, yeah. So then this one goes. This under. is done. So then this one so goes over. Is done. No. Until the next step. No, I just there need you to go. Do this
You have been listening to Hands Passing Forward, a collection of audio stories created and produced by Audette Augier. This series emerged from our First Peoples Cultural Council project, sharing traditional arts across generations. It features interviews with Jesse Rakalma, Pamela Post, Sozan Blaney, and Cole Speck. Original music for this series is by Johnny Hanus, with special thanks to Dan Peters of Spark Music and the Podcast From Here workshop. This series is funded in part by the Community Radio Fund of Canada. To find more cutting-edge, award-winning, and locally-made podcasts, visit cfuvpodcasts.com. Must you for listening, and have a really nice day. CFUV 101.9 in Victoria's intersectional feminist podcast, Taking Up Space, explores issues such as the lack of diversity in STEM fields and the benefits of increasing that diversity. Like with the first artificial hearts, they were all designed specifically sized like just for men's chests. And so like they weren't like all the mechanics weren't scalable to even go into like smaller women's bodies. And you'll even see it now with pharmaceutical drugs and, and dosing just because men and women metabolize their drugs in different ways. And it's if you have a non-diverse team, like they don't even think to, to check those sorts of things, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just sort of some of those things that come up with drugs where you're just like, how is this? And, and there's just a lot of different women's health issues that you're just always shocked how understudied they are. And then things that aren't even necessarily like life-threatening mm-hmm. you have all these other drugs for. <laughs> this podcast was produced with the support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada. You can listen to the full episode of The Leaky Pipe, Women in STEM on cfuvpodcasts.com.